This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Berteram. Hey, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam back again and here to preview the biggest game to date of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs at Bengals, who are red hot right now. Matt Verderam, man, how was your Christmas? It was good. It was good. Drove back home. Uh, spent the uh, spent the Christmas time with with the family, with my parents, and uh, some, a couple of really close friends. Had a good time. We uh, we left the day early because we were worried about the weather. We're like, man, we got to get back before it snows. And yeah. Normally we would drive with Maisie, my four year old daughter. We'd drive with her overnight. We drove during the day, and we're like, oh, this is going to be it's going to be interesting. She talks more than I do. Um, <laughs> she was incredible. She was so good on the trip. We actually stopped at Culver's on the way and got her ice cream because she just deserved it. Nice. Didn't ask for yeah. it, nothing. So it was good. It was good, man. Really uh, enjoyed it. Wound down and watched the Chiefs pummel the Steelers. How was uh, how was yours? Oh, it's always good. It was good. It was good. We uh, we you know we drove up up to the north side to to see my wife's family for for Christmas, which is almost as far as you driving from Illinois to New York. Uh, <laughs> from the south side to the north side, but now it was good, man. It was our first uh, first Christmas. So that was cool. The atmosphere that we set up, all the decorating that we did, um, all that fun stuff. So yeah, happy, happy Christmas. And yeah, anytime the Chiefs are beating the hell out of the Steelers after some of the things they put us through over the years, can't uh, can't complain too much about that. Um, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Appreciate all of you out there in the chats and so on and so forth. If you're on YouTube, if you could hit that thumbs up button for us, we'd really appreciate it. Um, and you know, always if you want to head over to iTunes and give us a five star review over there. You know we always appreciate those, and we'll read your reviews here on the show. And if you are new or you haven't heard, we did launch a membership for the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. That's really exciting. Um, you get you know special badges in the YouTube. You get special emojis, and you even get uh, access to a private Discord 
me, Verdram, Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes, we're all in there chatting, talking football all the time. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Not required, obviously, but we appreciate your support. Helps us keep this thing going. And if you want to talk a little football with us, hop in the hop in the membership. You just hit the join button on YouTube. All right. Um, we're going to get into some football talk here. But first, I got to ask you, Verdram, how many cookies did you eat? Innumerable. Innumerable. Uh, <laughs> quite a few. And by the way, thanks for everybody who's already a member. I will, I'm slacking a little bit on the discord here around uh, the holidays, but I, I will be in there in full force for the rest of the week, uh, starting tonight. Yeah. Uh, cookies, my God, uh, sugar cookies, Buckeyes, uh, peanut butter cookies with a chocolate kiss on top, uh, frosted cookies. Um, you name it, you name it. Uh, my wife makes these chocolate cookies that have sugar mm-hmm. on them with like a, a chocolate peppermint kiss inside of them, melted inside of them. Oh, my, I mean, yeah, let's put yeah. it this way. I went to the gym this morning with my trainer, and I, I think I was sweating grease. So um, I was – Yeah. She's going to quit. In. She's going to give oh, up the my, profession. The first thing she did, she's like, listen, why don't we warm up by running 400 <laughs> meters? I was like, all right. Yeah. And uh, the first 300 meters weren't yeah. that bad. The last 100 meters, I thought we were going to have to call an ambulance. But uh, we made it. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, my God. Yeah, enough, enough cookies to last me a lifetime. Although, as I say that, I know I'm probably going to eat more later today. Yeah, it's it's been pretty brutal over here. Mag bought a bunch of uh, gingerbread uh, flavored Kit Kats, which are uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, that sounds good. I reckon uh, everyone. Reckon, yeah, stay away from those. Stay away from those. Um, before we get into the game preview, I just want to let you know that the show is brought to you by the Knuckleheads Podcast uh, over at the Players Tribune. If you guys are NBA fans or just fans of sports in general, if you listen to this podcast, you know Verderam, super big NFL history guy. Loves to digest all that stuff. Knuckleheads is cool. Uh, it's it's four, two former NBA players, Quentin Richardson, Darius Miles. They're in their seventh season doing the podcast. Um, and they just sit down and kind of have like unguarded conversations. You don't normally hear from like regular media interviews, which is really cool. They bring, I mean, big time guests on the show. They've had Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, Tamar DeRozan. Um, and they just sit down and they chop it up. Uh, it's, it's a really cool podcast. It's one of the biggest sports podcasts out there. If you're interested in some supplemental content, some good sports content and hearing guys like Shaq talk about the stuff that, you know, maybe when they were playing, they had to worry about the PR teams and all that stuff. They couldn't go on the record and talk about is, uh, it's pretty fascinating. So it's a, it's a weekly must listen. Check it out. All right. Thank you to the knuckleheads for, for sponsoring the show. Now let's talk a little chiefs. So this is a big game. Um, and, uh, it's, it's big for a couple reasons for, for the Bengals. They're sitting atop the AFC North right now. If they, I believe if they win this weekend, they're in the playoffs. So they clinch yep. the playoff spot. That's huge for them uh, and, and moves them one step closer to potentially securing uh, the AFC North title. Um, and the Kansas City Chiefs need to stay on top of – they've already clinched the AFC West, but the Chiefs want that one seed. They want that coveted only one. There's only one now by in the playoffs and home field advantage throughout – um, and they need to win. They need to win out as of right now, unless the Tennessee Titans lose. If the Titans lose to the Dolphins, who are, boy, their defense is on fire. I know that they're not the most talented team and that they haven't beat the most talented teams, but but they've won. Have they won the same amount of games? Uh, seven the Chiefs? seven, seven or eight now? Seven. Okay. So one behind the Chiefs. And I mean, that's that. That's just, I don't care who you play. Do you do that in the NFL? That You've got something going right for you. When we look at that game, do you think there's a chance the Dolphins could take out Tennessee? I do. I think there's a small chance. By the way, I see in the chat, uh, I'll get believe me, we're going to get deep into all this. Uh, I see Epic Canadian asking about it. If we have any special Madden memories, um, 
is John Madden. Obviously, passed oh, yeah. away at 85 earlier this week, and yep. uh, I never got to meet John Madden. I would have loved to. Uh, that was always kind of actually a dream of mine. I never, unfortunately, I never got to make that happen. But I will say this: like I think, like a lot of people of my generation, like I, I grew up playing all of his video games. Um, but also, even as a little kid, because of my love mm-hmm. for the sport, I, I knew who he was. I knew he was a great coach for the Raiders. I knew. You know, I, I think my honestly, my biggest recollection of him is just if you called the game, you knew it was a big game. Like that's kind of, and he just he explained the game. Yep. In a way that an eight-year-old could understand it and an eighty-year-old could understand it, and both could learn from it. So, I uh, yeah. I really thought uh, his passing. I mean, look, eighty-five. You, you know, you got a good life in. But at the same point, say when anybody goes, and um, I, I I would argue that along with with Steve Sable and Ed Sable of NFL Films, that John Madden is the most impactful person in the NFL in the last sixty years. I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Really yep. in all sports, you know, I, for me, I'm, I'm 38 years old. Uh, so, so not quite old enough to, to see him coach, but you know, when I was learning, even before I really, I, I was getting into video games for me, it, the best memory that I have of Madden and, and Summerall is Thanksgiving day, you know, Thanksgiving's a really big deal at my house. My, my papa would always have the, the, you know, Fox on uh, Cowboys games, those types of things. And like, just that was the sort of the soundtrack of that day for me was Madden and Summerhall, yep. Summerhall as a, as a young sports fan. And so every, every Thanksgiving, I always think a little bit wistfully about how much I miss hearing those guys call the games, particularly on that day. Uh, and I think that's yeah. the case for, for, for sure. a lot of I people. Always just, it's just so funny because they were so opposite. Madden never stopped talking. And Summerall's yeah. the most understated play-by-play guy <laughs> of all time. You know, Cunningham, Moss, touchdown, yeah. Yeah. Vikings. And that was it. So I'd say that. Yeah. Um but yeah. he was he was great. Uh yeah. and, and, and he'll be missed. As far as the games this weekend, look, first of all, you're right. If the Bengals win, they win the AFC North, first time since twenty fifteen. Um the Chiefs, as you already laid out, yeah. Look, Chiefs won the division. Yeah, that's not a question anymore. Thanks to the Chargers for losing to the Texans, giving up forty one points in the process. Um look, you know what? The Titans, I don't think they'll lose. They're at home, they're the better team. That being said, like the Dolphins are very good defensively. And could there be a game where Tannehill throws two picks and they lose 16 to 14? Yeah. I mean, that could happen. I don't think it will, but it could. Um, if the Titans don't lose this weekend, they're not going to lose because after this, they play uh, they played Houston last week of the year. And although I don't want to count out the fighting right. Texans, I, I would be surprised. Um, <laughs> right. But for Kansas City, I really think this is the game. This is it. Like, like the Chargers game was and still to me is the biggest game of the season. That game won them the division. Yeah. It set them up. But now, this game, to me, this is for the one seed. If you win this game, I get they still have to go to Denver and win that game. I understand that. Denver's cooked. They're not going to make the playoffs. Locke is expected to start this week. Drew Locke like, is starting. I, I don't want to speculate on a man who's got a concussion in Bridgewater. But, like, if you're a Denver, are you really going to trot him out there week 18 if, if you're completely out of it? I don't think so. So I think there's a really good chance Kansas City sees Drew Locke. And I got to tell you, I'm not a big gambler. I would bet my mortgage that Chiefs aren't losing to Drew Locke. Like that, I, I mean, unless the Chiefs just wrap it up this week and don't Dude. care, there's no way they're losing that game next weekend. No, and they've had a ton of success against Drew Locke. I don't see that changing, especially when Drew Locke's going to be on a team. And, you know, weird things happen this time of year. We see it every year, but – 
I mean, th- those guys are making their golf plans over in Denver. They're not, you know, the going out there with Drew Locke doesn't exactly inspire a lot of confidence. So, yeah, I agree with you. This is the game. And I would say Miami, you know, the one, one thing that they have going in their favor right now is they're getting after the quarterback. And when you can do that, a guy like Ryan Tannehill, he's, you know, they got a spark because they got some players back, right? They got A.J. Brown back and, and Julio Jones is playing. But if you can get after right. him and and not give those guys time to get in their routes, that's that's a problem. And that's how, how Miami's been living and dying. They've been creating turnovers. Um, so it'll be interesting. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have bet uh, any amount of money that the Houston Texans were going to knock off the no. Los Angeles Chargers. And they did in pretty convincing fashion, by the way. And I'll tell you what, another interesting thing about that Chiefs game that you mentioned, beating the Chargers, you know, there's such a ripple effect. It wasn't just that they won the AFC West, but that because the Chargers then went out and laid an egg against Houston, not only did that secure the West for the Chiefs, but, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast. The Chargers know the Chiefs. They play against them twice a year. They hate them. It's a rivalry. They always play them tough. I don't want to see if I'm the Chiefs. I don't want to see the, the Chargers in the playoffs with a good young quarterback, no. a team that that has already played me twice this year. No way in hell. So now the Chargers are in serious danger of not making the playoffs. Uh, in fact, right now they're not. They're in. not in right now. The Dolphins are. Dolphins are the center. An outside looking in. So no, yeah. you're right. Um, yeah. So the Dolphins could do a lot of and, uh, a lot for the Chiefs. Just answer a few chats, Roger. Uh, will the Chiefs rest the stars only if they're locked into a one seed? And they're not, they can't lock in this week unless Tennessee loses and the Chiefs win. Um, and then, Brian, would I real quick, do I think it would be smart for the Steelers to stay with Rudolph or go to the, go to the market? Rudolph stinks. Um, now, they may be stuck with Mason Rudolph for a year, but I, 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 would, I would do whatever I could to try to upgrade him. Um, they've needed an upgraded quarterback for two years. So, look, I, I think right now, if you're, you're a Chiefs fan, which everybody in here I'm sure is, like you're hoping like hell. The Chiefs win on Sunday. The Titans lose, and then you basically have another week off. They won't have to play a meaningful game for three weeks. Um, it looks like they're completely healthy. I mean, they've gotten everybody off the COVID list at this point. Yep. You hope the thing you hope right now is just <laughs> you don't end up with more guys on it, right? I mean, that's the main concern. Right. So you got you got to hope, but it looks like both teams are really healthy. You know, Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker, went on the COVID list for them. Now, they didn't think early in the week Logan Wilson would play. He practiced fully last week. He's or, uh, Yesterday, he's a really good linebacker for them, really nice young player. Um, I, I got to say, though, and I said this on Sunday after the Steelers win, if the Chiefs play well in this game, they should win. Like, and we're going to get into all that. I, I just – I respect the Bengals. I really do. I think they're a good team. I think they're well-coached. I think offensively they've got as much talent as any team can see play all year long. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I, the Bengals can't block. They can't. That is, that is where I think this game turns. Quite honestly, is I just they cannot block the Chiefs. They cannot block. Go and, and Gonza just brought up their their own line is terrible. That that's where if you go watch the game against Baltimore, Baltimore had pressure on him the entire game. They you'd say, well, he threw for five twenty five. That's because Baltimore can't cover for a second. I mean, they're basically playing the practice squad. That's correct. Yeah. Kansas City can cover. Like, and and Spagnolo is going to do things in that game to make him hold the ball for a second and a half, two seconds. And I I honestly think that might be the game. I really do. But um for Kansas City, this is it. If you win this game, you come out of this even remotely healthy, you should be able 
to win this game and, and basically go, all right, look, we're good. Like Denver, again, I get it. And Patrick, you're right. You said it all. Like weird things happen, man. Like I, I remember years ago, the Dolphins beat the Pats in the game where the Dolphins were playing for nothing. You know, like it happens. Yep. But I, I, I gotta be honest. I would be, I would be beyond shocked if the Chiefs are healthy going into Denver and need to win that game and don't win that game. I, I would be. I really, I'd be floored. Yeah, they're they're locked in right now. So let's get into the preview. All right, so some key wins for Cincinnati this year. Um, you know, they they've got yep. two wins against the Ravens. They beat them forty-one to seventeen both times. Incidentally, uh, a lot of their uh, their 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 big time yards and 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 all of that those big gaudy stats have come against uh, uh, Baltimore. Um, they beat the Raiders, who I you know I know a lot of people may not consider that a key win, but as you pointed out, they're eight and five when they don't play the Chiefs. So uh, they've done some things right this year. Um, and uh, the, the Steelers, they beat the Steelers twice. Key losses, though, listen to this. And this is, this is what paints the picture of a very inconsistent Cincinnati team. They lost to the Bears. They lost to the Jets. They took the Packers to overtime, but they lost. The Browns, who are also an inconsistent team, walloped them 41-16. to The Chargers, just a couple weeks ago, 41-22, to lost to them. Um, so, you know not a consistent team this year. And if you look at their schedule, look, a win is a win. The Chiefs have beat up on some bad teams too. There's not a lot of impressive wins there. You know, I mean, you, you heard my key wins for the, it's, it's the Ravens, the, the right. Raiders and the Steelers. Um, those are the most impressive ones I could find. Probably their most impressive game is taking the, the yeah. Packers to overtime. I mean, in that you, game was a game where Crosby missed yeah. four field goals. Uh, I mean, you know, it was just, listen, I've actually seen a lot of the Bengals this year. I always try to watch every game that I possibly can. And I, I will say this, their their weapons are really, really good. Like, if you don't think Jamar Chase is a real deal, you haven't watched them. T. Higgins is a really good young receiver. Boyd is a is a good receiver. Yeah. Mixon, Mixon, I think, is a is a is a good back. If you watch them, like he's only averaging like four yards a carry. It's not like he's been unbelievable, but he's good. I think to be fair to him, he's actually very good. It's just that line's not good. So so it kind of hinders him. Uzama's a good tight end. He's not great, but he's good. Their problem is up front. Their problem is that they really struggle in the trenches. And that's where, and I see Nate saying it, and I agree. I think Chris Jones is going to have an enormous game. They're bad inside, like real bad inside. I think the Chiefs are going to come up the gut a lot. Uh, and Mike, hey, thanks for the super chat, man. And hello uh, in Sweden. What time is it there, Mike? God, is, is it at least a good time for you or is it like 8 a.m. or something? Right? 7 a.m. Um, I never know. I can never keep any <laughs> yeah. of that, that crap straight. Um, but I think the Bengals, that's to me, that's where if I'm making the case for Cincinnati, the case has to start with Burrow's got to be unbelievable because I think he's going to be under duress this entire game. I think the Chiefs are going to hit him. They're going to pressure him. And if if you can't if you can't block the Chiefs, you are at a, obviously. I mean, this is not dynamite analysis here, but you're at a massive disadvantage because they can cover, and they and they can pick the ball off. So, I think it's a tough spot for Cincy because they're bad up front. And so, you know, we'll see how things play out. But if I'm the Chiefs, that that's what I think my calling card is in this game. Yeah, I agree. I feel exactly the same. And that's how you're going to stop a team like this is, is get after Joe Burrow and don't let him get the ball to those weapons. You mentioned Uzama, the tight end. I think he's good after the catch. I've watched a lot of Bengals this year as well. 
I really though think he, and I'm not trying to knock the guy, but I think he just benefits from all the the wide receiving weapons oh, for that sure. the Bengals have. Sure. Um, when you when you've got you know you've got Chase, you've got Higgins, you've got Boyd, and then he often just finds himself uncovered um, and with lots of room to move. And so that's that's something the Chiefs are going to have to watch out for when the when the Bengals are able to stop their pass rush. They need to tackle. I think that's yep. going to be a big key in this game because of these weapons. And the teams, once they figured out this rookie Jamar Chase is such a deep threat, they started taking away a lot of the deep balls, similar to the way that teams play the Chiefs and deal with Tyreek Hill. And the Bengals have done a nice job in recent weeks of bringing Chase underneath and getting the ball in his hands. He's really fast and he takes off. Um, so that's something that Chiefs you have to, to watch out to for. To me, well. and I saw a, a Brian Power ask, would it be better to keep the game plan like the Steelers or Blitz on defense? I'll tell you, Brian, if it was me, I would bring four-man pressures the entire game. I'd play two safeties over the top. I would not get beat deep. They, yeah. The Bengals are very good about getting the ball over the top. They get a lot of big plays, a lot of big plays. So to me, I'm playing Thornhill over the top. I'm playing Matthew over the top. I'm playing, you know, mix it up, man, zone, whatever, right? Like I – I would do a lot of different things um, against them to try to give Burrow different looks. But I would always have two safeties. I don't think they have to blitz. I really don't. I, I don't think they have to at all. Um, by the way, I see, I see Tyler and Liam dropping in. Trey Hendrickson's an awesome player. He is. I mean, he's got 14 sacks for the Bengals. He's a really, really good player. They've got four guys who have, who have I think, like at least five or six sacks. And Hendrickson's leading them at 14. Yeah, they're good. No, they're good up front, man. They're they're a good yeah. team up front, and thank you, uh, Evgeny, for the super chat, man. Uh, the Chiefs and the worst defense I've ever seen in my life to a dominant defense in the same season. What the f, it, man? I'm with you. I I mean, I've said this on the radio probably a hundred times. Yeah. I I don't know what the hell is going on. I have no idea how the hell that happened. Yeah, I I wouldn't question it. I mean, we've talked. Obviously, there's a lot of factors, but, but I'm with you. I can't. And Patrick, I'll ask you this. Like. I've never seen a unit in my life, genuinely, like no hyperbole, go from as bad as that one was to as completely dominant as it is over the span of like, I don't know, a month. It, it, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's really incredible. And actually in my prep for the podcast, I, I've got a great, a great stat for everybody. So Chiefs defense weeks one through seven, 29 points allowed per game. 404.6 total yards, 48.7% on opposition third down percentage, and one takeaway per game. Weeks 8 through 16, 12.9 points per game allowed, 325 yards, 31.3 uh, opposition third down percentage, and 2.6 takeaways per game. This isn't just like, oh, the Chiefs got a few lucky turnovers or they played a couple of bad offenses. This is a long stretch of football, and they're dominating in pretty much every – they're giving up some yards. What's but, crazy? You know, the people aren't What's scoring. crazy, and those are great numbers, but what's crazy about that that makes those numbers even crazier is like how many of those games – okay, the, the Raiders games in particular in that stretch, the Broncos games in the, in the Bronco game, the Steelers games, that's four of the games. They've been up by massive amounts. Yeah. And so team, they've just given up yardage at the end of these games they don't care about. Like I was arguing uh, with someone the other day, an analyst who I actually really like, Michael Safina, who, who really does a great job at 538. And he was arguing that she's been kind of lucky lately. And I said, look, I, I disagree based off the fact, you know, they've been so good defensively. And his argument was yards per play, how it really hasn't been, you know, they're, they're, the yards per play over the course of the season, the Chiefs are barely ahead 
I think it's like 5.6 to 5.5. My argument was, look, over the course of the year, maybe, but in recent weeks, until these games are complete massacres and the Chiefs are winning by 20, 30 points, nobody's getting a yard. I mean, that Steelers game, they couldn't get a foot until it was 30 to nothing. You know, the Broncos, they did move the ball. They had that one big 90-yard drive they didn't score on. After that, they didn't move the ball. Um, This is where I look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs have improved that much defensively yardage-wise, and they've had games where they're blowing teams out. So, look, they've been unbelievably impressive. You have to give them credit. Uh, they've they've had a complete turnaround, and there's not just one factor. Obviously, there's it feels like a hundred factors, but it's all coming together. And now the offense is rolling, and what the result is is what we saw against Pittsburgh, where they're just just killing teams. And these games are over after the first quarter. Yeah, and we're and what we saw a team. There's a lot of things that has happened. One, they grew up on defense, made some changes, but I think we probably and really the team as a whole, the offensive line too. We probably undersold a little bit earlier in the season. Like the Chiefs had all these rookies they were trying to get incorporated into the defense with with Bolton and and, and Gay, a second year player, and and um, you know Jaron Reed was brand new to the defensive line. Chris Jones was playing out position on offense. You had an entirely new offensive line, entirely new, learning how to gel, doing all those things. Mahomes developing trust in that offensive line, knowing that he would have time in the pocket. Like there's been so many changes um, that have happened for this team at the beginning of the season and throughout the course of the year. And I think that what we're and one thing that we kept going back to when things were really dark was the, the reason we thought that they could turn it around was because the talent was there and we had seen them play well before. And we believed in the talent. And I think Andy Reid and the coaching staff did too. And what you're seeing now is that coming to fruition. And guys like, you know, Nick Bolton growing up quickly yep. and that offensive line starting to gel. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing for us to expect them to be firing on all cylinders in day one um, was was probably a little bit silly. And then you got guys like Juan Thornhill. You, you removed some, some other problems as well. So they're playing as a team now on both sides of the ball. And because of the talent that they do have, and they have more talent than most NFL teams, that's that's a dangerous combination, man. Hall of Fame coaching, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame offensive players, and re- talent across the board. And I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of the year, you follow my stuff on fan side, and certainly I don't have to, but if you do, you know in my power rankings, I've had the Packers number one. I actually still do, because I don't believe you can drop from number one unless you lose. It's kind of a rule I have, like unless unless there's some weird like injuries or something. I've thought the Packers for most of the year are the best team in football. And I thought the Chiefs and the Bucks were right there behind them. Like any of those three teams to me are the best three, and they could all win the Super Bowl. I have changed my opinion after watching the last couple weeks. The Chiefs are the best team in football. Again, it's not a biased thing. The hell anybody who watches me knows that. But I I um the Chiefs are so good defensively right now. I really think if they stay healthy and they just play remotely close to their capabilities, there's nobody beating this team. They're just devastating. They're this team right now is better than the Super Bowl team. Like, they don't give up anything. And offensively now, look, it took them, what, two-thirds of the year to to finally finally accept, hey, you know what? Like, we can't play the way we used to play offensively because teams will just not allow it. We have to play underneath. And you know what? The last couple weeks they've been doing that, they are killing teams. teams. There's no answer for it anymore. And I thought... I was watching the Dan Patrick show the other day, and Steve Young actually brought this up. Of course, all fan quarterbacks for the Niners, who said, I think they're scarier now than ever because they now they now can do everything. 
They are, they are willing to go underneath. They're willing to cut you up with 12-play drives. But you also know that if, they give, if they're given the opportunity, they can go over the top. Like, they, they have all the, the, the answers to all the questions. That team, they are so dangerous right now. And I tweeted this out, by the way. This is, this is my stat I'll bring if, if people didn't see me when I tweeted it. You know that Darrell Williams is sixth in the NFL in, for running backs and receiving yards? I saw you tweet Six. that. It blew my mind. And I, I laid out. He's not playing like I laid starter. out the snap counts, <laughs> like in comparison. There are guys who are 20 yards ahead of him who have 400 more snaps. Like the only receiving backs who have like clearly been better, like any way you want to cut it better, are Austin Eckler okay, and Corderell Patterson, who's actually a receiver. That's it. Like Daryl Williams has legitimately yeah. become a guy who you're like, okay, you got to count for him. I mean, he might have over 500 yards at the yeah. end of the season, and the guy barely played for most of the year. So they they really have added so many guys to the mix. And you know, even Pringle, who we had earlier this year on the pod, has really stepped up. You know, it's really been speaking of stepping up, the queen. Uh, oh, yeah, there she so, is. But yeah, I know. <laughs> Hi, Maisie. So, so cute. Look, man, this Chiefs offense is uh, is almost as unstoppable as Maisie is unstoppably cute. Um, they, you know, that the Chiefs are on pace at fifty-one point seven percent. They're on pace to become the first team to convert fifty plus fifty percent plus of their third down since the two thousand eleven Saints. What do you think of that, Maisie? The Chiefs going to win this weekend. Yeah, that's good, right? Yeah. All right, you you call back upstairs. No. <laughs> right. Um, no, it's uh, yeah, she's <laughs> hanging out. It's me and it's me and uh, Maisie today at the house. So the, almost, she's the she's the uh, she's the best uh, dropping cameo that we have on this podcast. Uh, second, is a high praise. So every time I see Chris Jones, I just her. think like, oh look, yeah. he's a guest star on our attic. Um, yeah, noted, noted, our yes. attic but podcast. I, but look, um, but yeah, the Chiefs' offense yeah. has been fired. No, but on I all do cylinders. look. I really do think you know we talked earlier in the year about the lack of a third weapon. I don't think the Chiefs ever found that like clear and obvious. Oh, he's he's the third guy, right? Like Watkins was supposed to be, and at times Wasman was in KC. But they found Pringle, who's really found a niche in that offense, and it's clear Mahomes trusts him. I thought it was interesting against Pittsburgh. We actually didn't talk about this. Yeah, when. Early in the game, he threw a ball to Pringle, and Pringle dropped the ball. The next play, he threw it right at him again. Like I thought that was Mahomes' way of being like, no, no, yeah. no, I believe in you. I'm coming back to you. Um, that's big for a young guy yeah. who, who really is trying to earn his way. You know, Hardman, for all the crap he gets, look, he's going to have over 600 yards receiving. Like He's still a weapon. You still have to account for him. Right. Darrell Williams has become a guy. And by the way, now they have like this, this weird group at running back, and I say weird in a good way, where like they – they have three guys who at any given time can have a good game, like whether it's Gore or it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I get it. Like Edwards-Alaire compared to his draft stock, like he's not been the guy they were hoping. But at the same point, like I think he's playing some of his best ball right now. I was happy to hear that his shoulder's all right. You know, maybe he misses this game, but he, he doesn't feel like he's yeah. going to miss a lot of time. And then Gore, like this kid's come out of nowhere. And it's somebody like when you, you get some ball, you feel good about it. So it's been it's been really it's been a great development for the Chiefs. They haven't found that third weapon, but they found a lot of guys who they can put in there who can make a play. Yeah, Gore's Gore is just really interesting. Look, I mean, he's somebody who 
it, it's a smaller sample size, but it's just, it's just like every time he gets the ball in his hand, every time he has a chance to play uh, more than a, a few snaps, he almost always makes something happen. Something good happens when he gets in the game. And this goes all the way back to preseason. And I like, you just can't, you just can't ignore something like that. And I think the chiefs coaching staff, even early in the Steelers game, were rotating in running backs, including Derek Gore. This is before CEH got hurt. So they've obviously recognized that as well. Now, when we talk about this game in particular, um, do you know that the last time that the Kansas City Chiefs won in Cincinnati, uh, the Bengals have won five straight home games against the Chiefs. Last loss to Kansas City was in week two, 1984. So I was one at that time. Um, so that was a long, long time ago. That's the Chiefs crazy. Won in Cincinnati. You have that's a wild stat. I, God, as far yeah. as born, really? Yeah. That shocks me. The Bengals are going yeah. to yeah. try an 30-year stretch. You know what? <laughs> the game yeah. I remember most yeah. in Cincinnati was that game. It was 03. The Chiefs were undefeated, and they went up. In the, and, and and at the time, yeah. Chad Johnson was like, we're going to beat them. We're going to win the game. And I remember being like, yeah, okay, yeah, right. And they did. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, but, um, you know, this is – this is a big, this is a big opportunity for both teams. Like, let's let's be honest. Uh, you know, this is a game where the Bengals are trying to clinch a division, right? Like, this game is a big deal. If they don't win this game, there's a real good chance they're playing for their lives. Week 18, where they either are in or they're out. So, a huge game yep. for them. But for Kansas City, look, I don't want to say it's as important for the. I mean, the, the Bengals are trying to get in the playoffs. The Chiefs are already in. They've won the division, but. I will say, like, this is a huge game for the Chiefs. If you win this game, A, you might wrap up the one seed. B, you've got a great shot. I think over at, like, you plug in the numbers of 538, they're like a 91% shot to, to win in Denver. Um, they would have every opportunity in the world to, to be the one. And, look, in today's day and age, like, if this was a couple of years ago, I don't know that we'd even care. But, well, if they're the two, they're going to buy still, and they're still at home, and okay. And you get a one seed, it is so big, especially in the AFC where all these teams are good, right? Like, it's, there's not like some seven and eight teams going to get out there in the NFC. So you start looking at it, and it's like, this is a this is a big deal. Like, they can get a bye, and all these teams are going to knock each other out over the first round of the playoffs. Mike in Sweden says, wow, Patrick, you are so young. I graduated in high school in 81. Mike? That is the nicest thing anybody has said to me since we've been doing this podcast. God bless you, sir. Uh, yes, you're right. I am extremely young, uh, not as young as as Maisie over here. But um, anytime you're anytime you're getting into that area where you're starting to push forty, and someone says you're young, not a bad thing to hear. Um, so we have a little bit of a kind of a you know uh, what's that phrase? Um, the unstoppable force yeah. versus an immovable object in this game. In that you have two really good offenses this Bengals offense is averaging 23 uh, 27.3 points per game this season that's the most since 1988 when they went to the Super Bowl with Boomer Esiason and he won the MVP um that's a stat for you so their offense has been great we know the Chiefs defense is playing great we know that the Chiefs offense has been great Cincinnati is fourth in the NFL in rushing uh, rushing yards allowed at 92.1 the Chiefs don't love to run the football. We already know that. Is this a game, Verderam, where it's just going to be an unholy shootout the entire I time? I think the Bengals to win this game are going to have to score in the 30s. I, I do. Um, 
But I don't know that I think it's a shootout because I don't think they can block Kansas City. Like, I really don't. And it's not – again, look, I, I know I don't have to preface this because everyone here has been watching all year long and, and, and we're here and around when I, was, when I was cursing them out as they couldn't stop anybody. They're just really good defensively. I don't. I don't see them giving up thirty points in this game. I don't. I think the Bengals are going to score some points. I don't think Chiefs holding them like ten or something. But I, I think it's a game where the Chiefs are going to get in the thirties. I think it's going to be hard for Cincinnati to do that and keep up with them. It's just you're asking, you're asking so much of Burrow because they they cannot block the Chiefs. They block the Chiefs. Are giving them all the credit in the world. But what the the problem is for the Bengals is they like to go deep down the field, but they don't have time. They don't have time. Like I I don't think they're going to be able to get. I think the Chiefs are just going to put two guys in the top. And be like all right, fine. Like, we are going to challenge you, um, and, and Mike, I'm talking about it right now, man. I, I think, I think it really is going to be a very, very tough time for the Bengals online. Riley Reese not there; he's right tackle; he's out for the year. Their interior is really rough, and uh, look, I think the Bengals are good. Like, don't get me wrong; I think the Bengals are a good football team. I, I really like Burrow. Yeah, like that. They're not, they're not some fraud. I'm not trying to paint it at, at all that way. I think the Bengals are a good football team. If the Chiefs don't play well, they could very well lose this game. I just think the Bengals are one of those teams that I could see in a year or two being like, man, they could go to the Super Bowl. Right now, I'm more in the camp of like, they're good. I think they're a worthy playoff team. They could win a playoff game. But I don't think they're on the level of Kansas City. I don't think they're on the level of Buffalo or, or even Tennessee. Um, but yes, look, this is a game where if the Chiefs aren't careful, if the Chiefs don't get home, Yes, it could absolutely turn into one of these deals where you got to score and score and score. If I'm the Chiefs, I would not waste a ton of time trying to run the ball. I'd spread them out. I think their weakness on defense is the back seven, specifically their corners. The safeties are good. Jesse Bates and Von Bell are good. Uh, but I would I would throw on those corners. I would force them to cover. Um, and I'd you know, get the ball out, let them run after the catch. I think that's a really good matchup for Kansas City. What's your concern in this game? Now you mentioned and, and appreciate you, MT, for the donation. Uh, what's your point in this game with Joe Mixon? He's a second in the NFL, I believe, in rushing yards, and they like to go to him. Now you mentioned you'd like to see the Chiefs keep some safeties back to protect against some of these dynamic weapons that Cincinnati has on the offensive side of the ball. They, by the way, they've done a really good job putting together this offense. Hats off to to the Bengals. Um, are you worried that they go to Joe Mixon early and often if that if they're seeing some lighter boxes and can the Chiefs stand up to that? Um, you know when other teams have failed this. I would welcome them going to Joe Mixon, not because he's not good, but because again, I think the Chiefs can win up front. I, I think Kansas City can win up front even with a light box. I would let Willie Gay and Nick Bolton do what Willie Gay and Nick Bolton do: chase him down, go after him, fill gaps. Yeah. Right, like I. I think if you're Kansas City, you're more than willing. If they're not going to throw the ball to Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Uzama, fine. That's fine. You want to hand off? Because, too, you also have to think of it. I always think this gets lost. Like, let's say they run the ball well, okay, and it's second and five. Then they run again, but this time Chris Jones beats the guard and he hooks him. Well, now it's second and 15, right? Like, you're putting a lot of pressure on teams to execute. Right. That's why teams play the Chiefs the way they do, because it's a hell of a lot easier – to go to go in, you know, with with a twelve play drive, or excuse me, a two play drive, then it's a twelve play drive, right? Like you've got to execute over and over and over. You can't drop a pass. You can't have a negative play. You can't take take a penalty. So I think if you're the Chiefs, you're willing to let Bolton, or excuse me, Bolton, you're willing to let Mixon try and beat you on the ground 
And he may have some success, but I think overall that's a flawed strategy. The Bengals are going to have to score a lot of points in this game. And I think the Chiefs will get enough negative plays with their rush and getting through their line that eventually you do that enough, you'll get in a second and 12. You know, you'll get in a third and seven. And then I think the Chiefs can hunt and they can cause a lot of problems. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what been a big thing that has turned this defense around is the emergence of Gay and Bolton against the run. It really puts these teams in a pickle. When I look at the Bengals, I, I and I knew they were missing a receiver, but I, I feel I think a lot about the 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 Dallas game. I feel like it's a it's a bit of a similar matchup: uh, Chiefs defense versus offense, and uh, we all know how that went for the Chiefs. Um, so, and and Dallas's defense, I think, is, is a little bit better, a lot better than. The bank Dallas's defense. I mean, now granted, yeah, in that yeah. game they didn't have Lawrence or Gregory. Okay, so it's a little bit different. You got to be fair. Dallas was without some key guys. Um, sure. The problem. Look, it, okay, so I'll, I'll try to. I, I've been saying the whole podcast, which I do think is true, that the game is going to be decided. I think by Kansas City's defensive front. But if you want to talk about what are the issues for the Chiefs in this game, the issues are if you don't get home, they've got a lot of guys, and somebody's eventually going to get open. I don't care how good the Chiefs have played on the back end. The other issue is, as you mentioned, I think you're right. Like, if Mixon just goes nuts. If it's just one of these deals, kind of like the Chargers ran the ball down Kansas City's throat. Now, the Chiefs did not have Jones or Kay in that game. That right. That's a big deal. That matters. Um, but that would be the concern. You know, the Chiefs are just very – they're built in a very different way. Like, how many teams have three corners where you feel like legitimately as a Chief fan, you can put them against anybody in man, you're fine. And it's weird because I don't think nationally anybody would think of Rashad Fenton, Shaverius Ward, and Legere Sneed in that regard. Like you wouldn't go, oh wow, that's a that's an amazing trio. But if you watch them every week, you're like, man, yeah. nobody gets open. Like nobody gets open. And I, I right. think, you know, Ward completely shut CeeDee Lamb out first half of that game. Like, couldn't do anything, could not, could not get a yard. And I think that's where the Chiefs have an advantage that a lot of teams don't. The Chiefs this year, I believe. I believe I should double check this. Um, have given up the fewest yards to receivers in the NFL, and I know over Spagnuolo's tenure for sure that they've given up the fewest yards to receivers. Doesn't bode well if you're the Bengals. The yep. Chiefs do a lot of things yep. to take receivers out of the game, and it starts with having very good corner play. I think it's going to be very difficult for the Bengals. I really, I, I, I just think it's a bad matchup. The Chargers always scare me more because they can throw to the back. Herbert's got just a cannon of an arm. You know they've got. Like and defensively, they're not good, but they've got some star players that can change the game. Derwin James, Joey Bosa, you know Samuel at times. I don't think the Bengals are quite there. Hendrickson is probably the one guy I would say he he can do that. But other than him, I, and I like Logan Wilson a lot. I think he's a really underrated player. Jesse Bates, but they're not of that caliber where you're like, oh, they could change the entire football game on a given play. I just think it's a bad matchup for Cincinnati even though I think the Bengals are very talented and have a shot in this game. But I think the Chiefs are going to have to play down a little bit from where they've been to lose. Yeah, and and while since he's done a pretty good job with points, they're 13th in the NFL in, in points allowed on defense, uh, the only teams that have given up more passing yards per game than Cincinnati are the football team, the Seahawks, and the Ravens. Which, who, who the 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 Bengals have which, done a good uh, job feasting? Think on. about who they've played, and that's true. They've played the Ravens twice, who can't throw yeah, the ball. The right. Steelers twice, who can't throw the ball. The Browns, the Browns, who don't throw the ball. The Lions and the Bears, who are atrocious offensively. Minnesota, who's hit and missed. The Packers, yeah. okay, fine. Denver, who doesn't throw the ball particularly well. 
Carr without Waller, which we all know without Waller, he's a different quarterback. Right? Like the Jets, and they're still they play Jacksonville, and they're still that bad against the pass. Like the the Chiefs. Yeah. Listen again. I think the Bengals are a quality team. I do. The Chiefs should not lose this game. They should not lose this game. And I've seen a couple people mention, you know, the national media. There's there the one NFL network graphic where they're, they're picking Burrow and the tail of the tape. I mean, look, I swear to God, we live in the information age. We're getting dumber by the second in all facets of life. Okay. That's what happens <laughs> when you've got yeah. NFL network talking 24 7 because they got to fill the air with something. Somebody's got to have a take. ESPN, somebody's got to have a take that Mahomes is broken and that the Bengals have better weapons, right? It's the same reason we live in this dystopian nightmare with, with politics where everybody has 24-hour takes and we end up with some take that just breaks your brain. The, football is no different. The Bengals are really talented, and they have a lot of good weapons. And you could argue the Bengals have a deeper group of weapons, but if you lined all those weapons up on the field and said, who are your top two picks, they both play on Kansas City. Like, let, Let's just be real. The Bengals would tell you that. Yep. Like, the, yep, if, if you lined up, if you said to the Bengals, if you said, hey, Zach yep. Taylor, you get Mahomes or Burrow for the next 10 years, who do you want? You'd be like, Joe, I'm sorry, but let's be serious. Okay. Like, it's like how Herbert was all of a sudden better than Mahomes, <laughs> yep. and then Mahomes beat him, and it was like, well, I don't know. And then Herbert, like, look, I think Herbert's great. I really do. I think Herbert has a chance to be a Hall of Fame level player. The chances that Mahomes would lose to the Texans in a must-win game is zero. I don't care if I'm a wide receiver on the team in that game. It's zero. Right? Like, if Mahomes lost the game, can you imagine the reaction that would be going around the co- – Like, it, but it's because – and we've talked about this. He's held to such a massive standard. And, guys, it's the same thing with the Chiefs. They're held to an ungodly right. standard. And you know what? They should be. They should be. They're two-time defending AFC chance. They won the Super Bowl. Think about this is how Pats fans felt forever when they lose to us in, you know, they lose to the Chiefs in, in a game on Monday night and they'd be like, oh, are they done now? Is Brady done? Like, think about if you're a Pats fan, how infuriated you'd be all the time, right? That's just the way it is now. It's the it's what they've played themselves into. But that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. And you know what the what the Patriots have done and what Brady's done, and you still get clowns out there who are like, oh, he's not that good. It was Belichick. Like, it'll never stop. You know, there's always going to be the haters. All right, let's get into our keys to the game, and I'll kick us off with this one. Uh, for me, it's, it's the Chiefs need to score in the red zone. They need to get touchdowns in the red zone. That's going to be the biggest thing because if, if 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 I'm Cincinnati and looking at the way that they've given up a lot of passing yards, but they don't give up a lot of points, that's where they're excelling. They're stiffening in the red zone. Teams are moving the balls between the 20s, but they're not letting teams score. So the Chiefs are on the road. They're going to be in a hostile environment. I did see somebody ask earlier, do you yes. think the Chiefs fans will Definitely. travel well for this game? I actually do. Um, I'm only about four hours away from Cincinnati, and I was looking pretty hard at maybe just driving down there and catching the game because the tickets are, like, free. And because the tickets are so cheap down there, and since it's like sick, you can get them for, like, 60 bucks. I mean, it's you know an NFL game. I, do too. Um, I think a lot of Chiefs fans are going to show up, and uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a good one for the, for the Chiefs. Even though the Bengals are having a great season, it's the holidays. It's not an ideal – Cold weather city, it's not an ideal game, you know, in the schedule. And, you know, it's the Bengals and and Chiefs fans are are all over the place. We travel well. So, but that's it for me in this game. You know, obviously, I feel like it's a it's a key every week. Don't turn the ball over. And uh, because this is an offense that can make you pay. 
Um, they are the only the only team in NFL history with a 4,000 plus yard passer, a 1,000 yard rusher, and multiple 1,000 yard receivers under the age of 25. That's pretty crazy. So this is a dangerous offense. The Chiefs are more dangerous, and they just need to score and they get in the red zone. And I, I agree with you, Vernon. I think this will be not an easy game, but I think the Chiefs could win comfortably. It's yes. a by the way, it's a five and a half point spread. Um, I think over, under and it opened one so everybody's bet the Chiefs up. Um, turnovers, penalties, don't commit them. I, I think they win. I really do. Like if they don't beat themselves, I think they win this game. And then, of course, what I've been saying the whole pod, right? Like it, it went up front defensively. Went up front defensively. I just look one one thing about yeah. Bro. He's terrific. He does throw picks. And if you're the Chiefs. Like you get some pressure. I like Cheeto Freak. Yep. We're winning by fifty. That happens. Don't look out. But I, I think I think they <laughs> I think they'll win the game. I really do. Just don't beat yourselves and get some pressure. Yeah. All right. Uh we're gonna do our final score predictions before we get out of here. But I wanted to do a, bring back a segment we haven't done in a while. And uh so I figured I'd dust it back off as we're coming down to the wire here. It's our AFC contenders and pretenders segment and i got an interesting one here for you verteram afc contender or pretender uh, contender in terms i think they're going to playoff game they're not going to the super bowl if i have to listen to one more person tell me the most dangerous team in the afc I'm, my head's gonna explode i think i actually might jump off my roof i mean this is what i mean about it's, society it's getting that dumber. time of year like, nobody wants to play them i mean you, you really think like if, if i'm yeah. wrong all the credit in the world to them i like the Colts. i think they're well coached taylor's a beast Defensively, they have some talent. Offensive line's great. They have no weapons on the outside, and their quarterback snakes. Like, what happens? And we've I've been talking about this for two months with New England. What happens when they get into a game where Mac Jones has to do something? Then what? Well, you saw it on Sunday. That's what. 14 to 31 with two picks is what. Okay. Right. What happens if the Colts come to Arrowhead and they're down 24 to 10 in the third quarter? Then what? Is Jonathan Taylor throwing the ball too? You know, all that like, – you've got to be able to win multiple ways in the NFL in the playoffs. You have to. And, by the way, if, if you're a Chiefs fan of a certain age, you know that, okay? Because I went through – we all went through it for years and years and years with Alex Smith where it was like, yeah, he's good until he's got to win the game, and then it's over. Now, I think the culture – I think they can win a playoff game. I wouldn't go any further. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just so absurd to be looking at the field and to be like, hmm – yeah, we don't want to play Carson Wentz. I think a lot of people would sign up to play Carson Wentz. Um, the fact of the matter is, while they've got some some weapons, Pittman's a nice player. Um, you know, they're not nobody's nobody's afraid of Carson Wentz. And when you can make a team one dimensional and stop the one thing that they do well, it's going to be hard to get to the Super Bowl. All right, time to get to our final score predictions. Let us know in the chat. Already seeing some of yours coming in. Um, uh, we got uh, uh, Epic says Chiefs 31-17. Gonzo also 31-17. Nate 31-13. A lot of people think the Chiefs are going to score 31 points. Uh, what about you, Verter? And what's your final 34 score 34-23. I, I, I think the Bengals are getting the 20s, but I think the Chiefs are just going to move the ball. You talked about the passing yards. I, I just think Kansas City, it's not a good matchup for Cincy. It's not. The Chiefs' interior pressure is a major problem for their offense. The Chiefs do not give up points. They're not give up yards to receivers. I, I think it's a big ask for them. I think the Chiefs win this game. I think they pull away in the second half. I'm going to go Chiefs 38, Bengals 21. I think 
I think they're going to get after Joe Burrow up front, and I think he's going to throw some picks. And I think this is going to be one of those games where it's it's kind of over quickly because if the he Chiefs throws picks, get tur- they force some turnovers, and they they'll, score. they'll lose by twenty. Yeah, points. yeah. And so that's my prediction. <laughs> that's my prediction for this one. It, it's just not going to. It's not going to work out for the Bengals. Burrow has had a couple of these games where he's thrown a lot. I think he might be leading the NFL in interceptions, actually. So, um, yeah, that's just the way I see this one going. I think the Chiefs defense really gets after them. They're they're firing on all cylinders right now, and I think they're going to be jacked up for this one. Um, you know, Chris Jones, everyone's going to be back. They're going to get Kelsey back, and uh, I think it's going to be going to be bad news. I, I predicted that the the I predicted the Steelers would score nine points, and they scored ten. So I was one point off last week. So let's hope I'm right about this one. Um, I think the Bengals get two legitimate touchdowns and one in garbage. Okay. Time. Well, that'll work. All right. So that, yeah, that'll work. Um, listen, everybody, we got to get out of here. Appreciate you so much for showing up for the uh, holidays and, and everything. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday after the game. Uh, it's an afternoon kick. And again, um, if you want to, if you want to, Talk, continue this conversation with us off the off the show and talk some more football with us. Uh, hit that join button, uh, become a member, uh, sustaining member of the podcast, and, and join the private Discord. Um, so some of the folks in here chatting are, are are in there, and we have a great time talking football, um, especially when games are on. It's pretty active when games are on. It's pretty fun. All right, everybody, uh, thank you so much for your support. We will see you Sunday after the game. But for Matt Verder, my name is Patrick Allen. As always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.